Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you, November 4th, 2022. This is Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, cow. 0.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Remember, remember the 4th of November. It's Friday. We finally made it. Nick Roush, how are you? I'm uh, up and at him, ready to rock and uh, ready to roll this morning. It, uh, whoo, man, we we had a little bit of a uh, the the rush house had some rough moments yesterday, but we powered through. We survived and uh, on, on to the weekend. On to the weekend. You're acting. I mean, you, you've you've really. This is a few days in a row now, Scoots, that he's mentioned. There's been some incidents at the house. I mean, isn't that what's to be expected with two kids? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, he hasn't come into the shows up until the last few days without like sounding mortified. So <laughs> something's different. It it was the two kids was not difficult when dad wasn't working. Now that dad's working, it, it's just they they all decided they don't want to nap. Um, it's just yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun, real fun, lots of fun. Well, but hey, I got the leaves right yesterday. That was important. Needed to get those bad boys up off the ground. Oh man, nothing a good old fashioned lawnmower can't solve, Roush. <laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> nothing that a good old fashioned lawnmower can't fix. Uh, we got a lot to get to on today's show. Kentucky played a basketball game last evening. It was a lot of fun. There was a lot of sports on last evening, and a lot of them were were yeah. exciting. It came down to uh, the wire, or at least the spread came down to the wire. On, on a lot of them. So got a lot to get to on today. The best way to get in touch with our radio show is the Thornton's text line. You text it on in 502-414-1450. For the second day in a row, I do uh, want to, I do want to ask Scoots a, a question, but before I do that, I do need to tell everybody that right now you can, right now, right this very second, you get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, Ooh. and any fountain tea, fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottle of soda when you become a new Refresh and Rewards member. 
So if you download the app, you're basically getting just a free meal from Thornton's. Uh, I know Scoots has been all over some of those breakfast sandwiches. He can attest to just how good they are. Oh, and yeah. then they're going to throw in a free drink. It's it's pretty incredible. So uh, right now, if you download the app, you sign up with Thornton's, you're basically getting a free meal, a free breakfast meal. They don't mess around with their food at Thornton's. So you're going to want to check them out. What a way to start the weekend. Free breakfast sandwich and any dispensed 20-ounce drink or freeze frizz when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Holy moly, the savings. They just add up at Thornton. So Thornton's is the uh, best. check them out on your way into the office today. All right, Scooch, for the second straight day, I've got to ask, what in the world went wrong with the Mike Rutherford show yesterday? Was this your fault? This was not my fault. No, it, it was just the stream being down. It was no big deal. I mean, same issue we deal with sometimes. No, I mean, it, it, is, it is certainly a big deal. Like, I mean, it is. It is. But the, the thing about it is, is there are so many ways to listen to Big X that even if the stream's down, there are, there's call-in numbers, there's the uh, or the radio. Anybody have a radio anymore? That's that's kind of what I'm wondering. I mean, no, not a lot of people have radios. That, like, no, not mm-hmm. a lot of people have radios. To answer that question, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that was not my issue yesterday. So thank God. Well, I'm glad it wasn't wasn't your fault. I felt I felt horrible for him. Well, probably maybe their biggest show ever. And That's true, yeah. Bad you, timing. If you didn't have the FM or AM radio dial, you didn't hear it till the final hour whenever they eventually figured it out. Um, yeah. I'd tell you what, Mike handles some of those things probably better than I would. I would oh, yeah. I, I would audibly sound like a little whiny baby. He, I'm sure, behind the scenes is acting that way because uh, that would be the appropriate way to act. But on air, he doesn't sound all that bothered by it. So I'd say uh, kudos to him. But I, I, I was when it when I was hearing it, Scoots. I was thinking to myself, like, oh no, please tell me, Scoots. And I wasn't able to obviously listen to a lot of it because it wasn't streaming. But when I was in the car, and one of the times I turned it on, they were talking about you, and they were saying, all right, well, don't be mean to them. So I don't know if they just got done ripping you, and then other <laughs> people were. So I, I was getting defensive of you. So I was just making sure you weren't you weren't in the wrong here. Yeah, no, I it, it wasn't me, and no need to get defensive of me. I mean, let those guys, whatever they say, I just let it roll off my back. I mean, it's it's no skin off my back. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You they're, just, Louis, they're Louisville guys. They can't be trusted as it is. You got a very say la vie attitude of life. Yeah, exactly. That's what I like about you, Scoot. Say la vie, say la va. That's what I like about you. Uh, it is Friday, so we want to hear from you, especially on the text line. We'll probably go to it a little bit earlier because of we're sure that you're going to bring up a lot of good points. The Cats dominate Kentucky State. That was exciting. We'll spend a lot of time discussing that on the football side of things. We're just a little over 24 hours before UK takes on Missouri on a, ro- a road game coming off probably the worst road game in the Mark Stoops era. This has been a roller coaster of a football season from a week-to-week basis. It just seems like there have been some Huge swings in momentum, positive and negative. Unfortunately, we're probably at the lowest of lows in the dip of this roller coaster. Not a lot of momentum, not a lot of optimism, at least from fans heading into tomorrow's game. Maybe we can, maybe we can get some folks some excited, uh, or unfortunately, maybe maybe play into that pessimism and and get folks a little bit more pessimistic about the game. I don't know. We'll. We'll have to get to those topics to talk about it, but we'll, we will. We'll get to all of it. It's going to be a huge show. So 
I, I leave it up to you two fellas. Wherever you want to go, we can go. We can go right into basketball. Maybe that's the most frequent or, or the most recent, I should say. Um, whatever you want. We can go to the text line. About, we do football. Can we go home? We, we can oh, go home. home? <laughs> yeah. We, we, I, well, we, we already are home, Scoot. So. It's the people can I go, so. Can I go home? Just kidding. Just kidding. It's Friday. Pumped to be here. Get the hell out of here, Scoots. I, you know what, Scoots? I, I say we spend the next 30 minutes talking IU's exhibition win last night. Give Great win. Give, give Scoots something to get excited about. Great oh, win. It was a great win? It was, yeah. 104 to 59. Wow. No big I'm deal. Sure sounds exciting. It was. Yeah, I, uh, I it wasn't on TV like Kentucky's game. So I was kind of doing the thing where I was watching Kentucky but had the audio for Don Fisher like sitting beside me on my phone. So I'm, I actually missed a good chunk of audio from Tom Leach on that call, which was kind of disappointing because I like Tom Leach as well. The Hoosiers weren't streaming anywhere? No. I, I mean, I didn't look too hard. I think it was maybe on Big Ten Plus, um, but that's not affiliated with ESPN Plus. So, yeah, it wasn't yeah, on that's, there. Um, like the Fox yeah. sort of deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's tough. I was able to watch some of the Louisville game. I turned that yeah, on. Yeah, me as end. well. Against the the Chaminade Silver Swords and yeah 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 oh, big man. big big night for the local schools three and zero in their exhibition games cats Indiana get huge wins Louisville's a little closer normally not a major accomplishment when the three local schools get win over exhibition teams but given not going to happen much this Card- year though given given the Cardinal yeah given the Cardinal struggle uh, a, a big deal they were down six at one point in the second half before. Storming back and overcoming the Silver Swords, Roush and I were texting a little bit last night. Uh, U of L is really bad. I mean, man, and the situational awareness too. Like if Chaminade had, if they were more polished, they're winning that game. They force a dumb. Um, you know, they're pressing at the end to try to force a turnover. So Louisville, what do they do? They try a cross court pass, easy turnover. Man. Games cut to two. There's a seven second difference between the shot clock and the game clock and they 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 mess around and then foul l ellis you know eight nine seconds into the shot clock in the once he gets into the front court it was a weird situation but he only made one free throw they had a chance to go down and tie it uh and then drove to the basket missed the layup but the silver swords actually had a shot late and just uh could not execute down the stretch well, yeah. I mean, first off, just in the, late in the second half, how many baskets did they have that just did the old toilet bowl or just, you know, hit the rim, 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 bounces out when you think maybe there's a chance going in. Uh, and especially that layup when they were down three with, you know, 17, 16 seconds. They go and decide, hey, let's get the two, make it a one-point game, and then we'll we'll live with free throws on the other end and see what happens. Uh, that layup looked like it was good. And I thought it was good, yeah. Totally kind yeah. of. And then well, he they could have gotten the offensive rebound, and he knocked it out of bounds instead of have, grabbing yeah, the ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. butterfingers down below the basket. Good grief. Yeah, he's like watching that in slow motion as it just like rolled out of his hands out of bounds. But, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 not great. Uh, I, I think maybe Chaminade is a more talented basketball team than Lenore Ryan, maybe. But they have such a small front court, and that was kind of the – concerning thing about the U of L game is that like, all right, listen, we know that we stink. We know that we only have one guard that's really worth anything, but we are a pretty big team and they are like, they have good size. They have really good length. I'd say from like a length standpoint, it's probably one of U of L's 
more impressive rosters, just or at least li- starting lineups, what they put out there. It, it kind of resembles a Kentucky team from a length standpoint, and Louisville hasn't always had that sort of stuff. The only issue is their their players aren't good at basketball, which uh, ends up being a pretty solid issue when you're needing to win win games. But you would think against just like teams that, I don't know if Chaminade's starting power forward was legitimately like 6'5", but I, I don't know if I'd buy that if, if, if they listed him above that. And so UofL's got like seven footers and six foot nine, six foot eight guys, and they still struggled to control the paint. They still allowed Chaminade to score in the interior. Uh, you'd think that that would be like one thing that like, all right, if we can't score or we don't have guards that can dribble, that's one thing. But we'll at least be bigger and stronger than these little D2 teams. Nope. So even they're like one thing that you think they'd be able to hang their hat on, they're not having a lot of great success. When they play just division one teams that have, you know, 11, 10, 12 guys on scholarship, it's going to be, it's not going to be pretty. Like, I, I think there's, I don't think there's a team on their schedule that can't beat them. And that's going to make for a pretty interesting season. Right. Because then if you get in these close game situations, you're stuck rolling on L. Ellis. Um, now he did have a, I think he, he made the bucket that kind of put them at bay uh towards the end of the game and he did play well but you're you're putting a lot of chips on that that one guy who is a fine player as we've mentioned before like he's he's pretty decent but he's not he's he, he's no uh case of Wallace, right like he's no antonio reeves so yeah l ellis is like he did have a great game yesterday and he is fun to watch because he's just so quick and he's smaller uh and he's a good athlete but yeah, he should he should be like your little water bug off the bench that uh, a competing team that's what like takes them over the edge. But if he's your best player and he is by far U of L's best player, then it's yeah, you're in trouble. Bad. Like it's bad. <laughs> you're you just know? In trouble. Like not that, not that JUCO players can't go to the next level and be good and 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 you know, be big time contributors, but like U of L basketball should never be in a position where a Juco player is head and shoulders better than anybody else they've got. That should never be the case at a program like Louisville, but that that's where they're at this year. If yeah, I, I mean, offer you all, if I offer you, offer you all a over under 13 and a half season wins, you taking it over or under? Oh, under easily. And I'd, I'd yeah. put a substantial amount of money on that. Same that- for you, Rouse. Is that number? Is that an actual number that you found? I'm curious. No, that's that's just the number I've got in my head. Uh, yeah, I I think if your emus make it to 13, you'll be fine. I'm curious. At, you know, we talk win totals a lot in football. You don't hear it a lot in basketball. I'm sure. I'm, I'm wondering if there's numbers out there for stuff like that. I can't imagine. Best. I can't imagine them. I, you know, they'll get better just because you know every team does. It's it is only it's early November, so like. Yeah, these teams will get better. Louisville will get better. But I can't imagine them winning more than three conference games. So then in the out-of-conference, would they get 10? No no chance. In the out-of-conference, you know, I'm thinking closer to maybe six tops, and that may be generous. So I think a better number for them would be double-digit wins on the year. And, like, Ooh. I mean that, you know, because – they, they start with Bellarmine, App State, and then one other team that's a little tricky. They go into Maui, and it's a foregone conclusion. Man, not I winning. really wanted to make the – it turns out Louisville didn't have to go to Maui to get beat by Chaminade. 
joke. And I, it, man, it was just, I, it was so tasty. I wanted to make it bad, but they really, really ruined my comedy. Well, it was good. Nice win for the cards. Uh, they they needed something to get excited about. With the good news from the IRP, they were asking fans to sell out the Yum Center. Uh, they only came up, I don't know, maybe nineteen thousand people short. So they were they were right there um, in accomplishing that. But yeah, it's gonna I, it's gonna be like impossible not to watch them. Sometimes when U of is really good, Roush, it's like eh, you know I don't want to watch them win. Um, they turn it on for a little bit. Uh, they may be must-see TV this year. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me, I was telling my roommate last night, the whole Louisville situation, the way it's set up, reminds me a lot of Indiana, my freshman year of college. I mean, you it's Kenny, You know that Kenny Payne's going to do good things, but he's not going to do them right away. He's going to need some time. It really does have the feel of like a 6-25 and 25 followed by a 10-21, and 21, and then you get a breakthrough at 12-19, and 19, and then who knows, next year you might be 21-10. and 10. Like that—that's how it feels like it's setting up for Louisville. No, I—I I, I know what you're talking about with some of those really, really bad IU teams, and I—I I don't disagree. Uh, but the same attitude I had with IU back then, I do have with Louisville. Like that should just never happen at places yeah. like Louisville um, or IU and and Kentucky's pandemic season, 2020-2021. That should have never happened either at a place like Kentucky. Um, that was obviously slightly different circumstances but still places you know like that too good of programs to have seasons like that just yeah. comically bad seasons and i think that's what's coming down the pipe for uofl scoots you'd mentioned that we know that kenny payne's gonna do good things do we know that i mean you I, it just feels like the overall aspect that i'm getting from everyone just seems like He's the right guy. He's going to eventually turn it around. I just think it's going to take some time, and people have to be patient with him. Roush, my issue is two things. One, there ha- I, and I'm, I'm much more likely to be lenient in point number one here. But we've seen, and I've watched both the UofL's games. I missed probably the first 10 minutes of the first half last night, just put doing bedtime stuff with the baby and, and whatnot. But um, so, I, you know, I've watched uh, – I've watch 70 of 80 minutes of U of L's exhibition games. There hasn't been an ounce of good coaching. Like there hasn't been any sets that you've seen that are like, okay, there you go, Kenny. There hasn't been like an offense. There hasn't been like, you know, a scheme or a style, uh, just nothing. I mean, it's just pick up basketball at this point. So, but I'm more lenient for him to learn to become a better head coach because he's never been a head coach before that stuff. He'll figure out in time. But I've seen He's also coached better talent too. Sure, that, and so it's <laughs> even in like a different pace for him. Not only has right. he never been a head coach before, but even the limited coaching he's done on the court during a game, it's been with people that probably are a little bit more dependable to do their own thing or, or make things happen. But I haven't seen anything good from him from an X and O standpoint. He'll get better at that though. So, like I said, I'm more lenient on that. But secondly, you look at the roster, and it's like as Roush mentioned, it's just there's it's a really poorly constructed roster. Uh, totally flawed, only one guard, a solid guard at that, but only one guard. And Kenny's got to take some blame for that, for the roster construction. They passed up on options they could have landed because they thought they were going to be able to land some bigger fish. Those fish ended up getting fried somewhere else, so they came away empty-handed. He hasn't really done anything impressive in recruiting for 2023. Some of the big targets that they've gone after or are going after it has not gone well, or it does not appear to be going well. So I don't know if we can definitively say that, Scoots, but but you could end up being right. He 
he does deserve some time, but it's going to be struggle bus city in year number one. It's going to be yeah. a lot, a lot of losses. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree a thousand percent. I mean, you put a first year head coach mixed with that just sloppy roster. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be good, but I mean, you're, he, he will get recruits, maybe not the best of the best, but he'll, he'll get good recruits. He, they got that Robinson kid from 2024. He's a four star. So he'll, he'll land three and four stars and, and put a, and construct a better roster than what he's done for this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to give him time. I think Kenny's got. I think to be successful, and we said this, he's going to need to get great talent, like five star talent, talent that really hasn't been continually coming through the door at U of L. He may land one once every three, four years or so. I, I could see that happening. I, I think he needs a good chunk of his roster to be talented players. Um, maybe he will get that. Maybe that will end up happening. Maybe the transfer portal will be much kinder to him after this season. But so far, I don't think really you can definitively say that's the case. Maybe not. But I, I've I've also I don't know. I've seen this situation play out before. I've seen how a program can be turned around. I've seen a program at the bottom of the bottom and get turned around. So that that that's just I'm. Maybe it's just me with blind hopefulness for Louisville, which I don't even know why, because Louisville, we've talked about in my power rankings, is now down to number three. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just hopeful. It's, it's better when Louisville is better. Let's, let's put it that way. Gosh, my buddy says that same thing, and I like if it. Yeah, the rivalry is a little like more intense when both teams are good in the top twenty-five or top twenty. But I, I lose no sleep at night when U of L loses basketball games. So I'm I'm very happy at the current juncture of things, and I really am looking forward to New Year's Eve. I'm, I'm I, you know, I don't know if I've ever been more excited for a UK U of L basketball game. UK yeah, may literally I, we, all, we we do cats by ninety as a joke, but it may it may happen this year. I mean, it really it really could. So I'm I'm pumped about it. I like where I, I like where things stand. I, I was I'm, I'm on the other end. I'm I'm with your buddy. They got to have some hope for it to be fun for me. No, I like you know. Well, you just saw a little taste of their obnoxiousness. They just had the best news as an athletic program they've had in five years, and it was that they weren't going to get further punished for their cheating scandals. And they were incredibly obnoxious about the. Whole yeah, thing. no, we need them to be obnoxious. It's 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 not fun if they're not obnoxious. I'm having like, fun. I have a good I, time. I'm not because like. Then you just get people going the obsession instead of like actually rivalry. Like they suck when they're like they're so bad at this if they don't have any sort of hope. So I need I need them to have something to try to talk trash with, even if it is wrong. Right? Like in football, they're gonna they're gonna have a little bit of hope. Right? Like we we could use a a nice little Kentucky Daily Double, a Cats win on Saturday, a Cards loss to JMU. Uh, that that might balance the scales a little bit, but they're gonna have some hope going into that game. That's what's gonna be a little bit more fun. 2018, even though that was a lot of fun, it's not killing them by 100,000 points isn't as fun on a consistent basis. Now, granted, we didn't get the chance to do that last year. So, you know, it, it is fun to, to take them to the woodshed once, but they, they got they got a little scared, um, you know. But I, I, on, a, on a regular basis, I, I like for them to be good enough to have hope. Yeah, no, I'm I'm having a blast. It's a lot of fun. New Year's Eve will be a lot of fun. The the build up, the game, the aftermath, all of it's just going to be a real, real hoot. I would direct both of you all to a book called "If You Give a Mouse a Cookie," <laughs> uh, and that's my overall sentiment on this conversation. See, at the end of the day, for me, I'm just so proud of. I guess is the word of like how basketball centric this entire area is. So I just want all three teams to be 
as good as possible to really show the nation that we are the basketball capital of the country. Well, it's it, it, it's none of my beeswax. It's totally on them. I've got no say in the matter. So if they end up doing that, Scoots, then sure, you're not wrong. You both of you are not wrong. I don't I don't want like this is just a difference of opinion the situation. You are right that like you know the the state, the area, the region it rocks and rolls when all three are humming. But I can't you know if they happen to just if if I you and U of L happen to just completely and totally suck. Well, I guess. I guess I'll just go about my business, go on living my life. I'm not shedding any tears for them. So uh, it, it's an interesting time, though. UofL is definitely third in the pecking order. IU has a lot of promise. Um, by all accounts, they look pretty solid in their exhibition. But, yeah, I didn't get to see it either. Scooch was just listening to it. But uh, we're, we're going to talk to Cats, though. That was that was yeah. too long on the opposing team <laughs> in the first that's, segment. That's what but, I was going to say. Let's take a break and talk a good basketball team. But yeah. see, you know, or, or if if U of O wins their exhibition game by forty five last night, are we doing that? Are we talking about this? Oh hell no, no. So, no. Again, from a content standpoint, I think you two may, I, I, you may be wrong. Actually, in hindsight, I think maybe you all are wrong. Uh, <laughs> watching this Pitt State Kansas exhibition game, or at least the highlights of it, uh, Pitt State got out to a nice twelve zero start before Kansas had their first basket. Uh, interesting. Mm. All right, let's go to a break. Show. We'll come back. We're going to talk UK basketball. We will get to UK football because I've got some takes and I've got some thoughts on its big game against Missouri this weekend. So do not go anywhere. This is a loaded Kentucky roll call on your Friday. TJ Walker in the crowd. That's word because you know you can't touch this. You can't touch this. Break it down. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Yeah, Mitchell mentioned it after the, the show started. Welcome back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports oh, Radio. Yeah. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. But we had a little bit of a tweaked intro. I don't know if we had any text in about it. Scoots, anybody text in about the intro? I didn't see any. I didn't see any either. Well, what the hell, everybody? A new, a new intro, and nobody has anything to say about it. Although, again, you, I you know what did the problem is, they didn't well. listen to the intro closely enough. They didn't wake up. That's true. A lot of people may have not even been awoken up. <laughs> here, here, here is the intro that Scoots worked so hard on. If you, if you missed it, or you're just waking up, here you go. All right, one All right. second. No. Bueller, Goodness Bueller, Bueller. Go. Oh, I got to unmute the station, Mike. Good grief. A lot of steps going into this that I hadn't thought about beforehand. Here we uh, go. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! There you go. And then it goes into the to the regular intro. Scooch wanted some feedback. He wanted to know, is the music after the wake up too long? How is the transition from the Bueller into the wake up? So you you all let Scooch know what you all think. I yeah. like it. 502-414-1450 is the number. I like it too. That's Thanks. the that's the that's the Thornton's text line. And we want to hear from you on it. I already know we're going to be rushing or not getting through it. And then after the football game on Monday, then we'll 
not get through it on Monday. And, <laughs> and then after the basketball game Monday night, we won't get through it on Tuesday. We'll be clogged up till Thursday or Friday. I, I mean, this is, uh, we're, we're getting such time crunches when we have to have the heart out, but we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to read them. We like to read all the text. If you all take the time to text it in, we wanted to take the time to read it. Uh, I'm going to take the time to give one genius radio host on this very radio show a shout out. They absolutely nailed a pretty off the wall prediction from yesterday, and Scoots has the audio. Scoots, hit it. MVP for me today uh, is going to be Antonio Reeves, leads the team in scoring and hits five threes, believe it or not. I'm going to say oh, Chris dude. is most. Scoots, you're, you're muted. Yeah, there you have it. It's over. I played it. We just can't hear it. Ah, uh, I, I thought that but, might be it. But why could we hear one and not the other? That's just we can't hear computer audio. We can only hear audio through the board. Oh, correct. Yeah. For yeah, for whatever reason, the audio coming from the internet is not coming through the board. Yeah. How do we right. get the board? How do we get internet to audio to think it's board audio? I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's what we've been that, missing. That's, that's the disconnect. Just get hey, the you did it. audio you did it, to identify as board <laughs> audio, and boom, we hear it. Uh, that was pretty crazy. I, you know, I was pretty proud of myself. Not that any old schmuck could have guessed that Antonio Reeves would be the leading scorer. I, I, I was a little surprised to see him coming off the bench, and Calipari had comments about that. But I, I, I the five threes. I'm the best, everybody. Woo! I'm the best. <laughs> I didn't hear any clapping. No, no. He didn't have the highest plus minus, though. Jacob Toppin had a plus minus of 50. Have you ever seen him what? that high before? That's crazy. <laughs> what? Plus 50. So, when Jacob Toppin was on the floor, the Cats outscored uh, their opponent 50 points. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it wasn't... Um, I, I, I saw you tweet about it at, to the the bedtime juggling so I, I i did the thing where i had it turned on it's like okay let's get him down for bed and then i look i come back and it's already a 21 point uk lead cats sprinted out to a 32 11 to start by that second media timeout and never really close never really close uh, i mentioned top and he also had 21 points he was second right behind reeves in scoring we saw CJ Frederick knock down three more three pointers. He's got a, he's got a pretty shot. He also had uh, six assists, which is that's what you want to see. Six assists from him, five from Casey Wallace. Uh, that's the kind of production you need when they're doing more ball handling while severe, uh, severe wheelers on the sideline. Yeah, I thought that was an awesome game for CJ Frederick to. Uh, he took some bumps and bruises. I got scared when he went down. And don't you lie, I know you all did as well for the folks that were paying attention and watching the game. Uh, if you didn't get to see it, he just kind of had like an awkward little fall, like a trip even, and instantly like went and was grabbing his – kind of looked like shin at first, but then yeah. kind of went down to ankle. And you were just uh, – you you know, his legs have been such issues for him different parts of the legs so i i had i we all had the worst fear as our first thought let's all be let's all be honest but uh i think he stayed in the game if he if he did come out it was only briefly but i thought that was a great game for him they had to play him a lot because kentucky was so short everybody had to play a lot they all looked gassed which is understandable in early november um but they they looked gassed but they still played hard which is what you want your team to do 
Uh, but C.J. Frederick especially was a player that I, I, I came away from this game. A blowout game. You know, on the one hand, I, I was thinking about it. Like, which game was better for Kentucky? Which exhibition game was better for U.K.? Uh, that's a solid radio topic that we could spend 45 seconds on or as long as we wanted to on. Um, but that was that was good to see. And his shot is super pure. If I, I, I get frustrated when he passes it up. Uh, he passed open a few open looks. If he, you know, and I, I this was what I thought yesterday. If he passes open an open shot, he needs to instantly come out of the game. Like that, that, and, and actually he did when he passed up the shot right in front of the bench. That could have just been get a breather sort of deal. But Cal needs to send a message to him that if you're open and you dare even look at one of your teammates to pass the ball, I'm taking you out. It may just be for 10 seconds just to remind you, like, don't pass open shots. He needs to let it – I don't care if he's – anywhere from 25 feet in, he needs to let that bad boy rip. Also, speaking of long threes, how many ridiculous threes did Kentucky State hit? They had like a fading away yeah. bank shot from like 25 <laughs> feet. They had the Tayshawn Prince shot that was uh, that went in, and they had I think like two more, which were just pretty pretty wild. Some circus shots from our thoroughbreds, but uh, that was a that was a fun game for CJ Frederick. He's going to be a player, um, but just needs to keep shooting. I um, I'm with you on the CJ threes, and it, but it depends on like you know when they come. I would say, like, I don't need him to be coming off ball screens and he has a little bit of a window and he's going to get taken out. But if it's inside out and he's wide open, like, he he needs to take that every single time. I also did like that. There, there was one uh, opportunity there in the first half where Wallace, you know, you're probably 15 seconds into possession. You could work it around some more, but he took a high ball screen and just buried a three from the top of the key. That was a good-looking shot. Uh, oh man, I'm glad you brought that up. That was a really good looking shot. But that was big boy kind of play, and they, they still, you know, to your point uh, about which exhibition, like th- th- those were two ideal exhibitions because you've got one where they struggle a little bit, and they've got to learn how to fight through the adversity, and then you've got another one where uh, they're blowing out uh, an opponent, but they weren't always clean, right? Like it, everything wasn't. Like they were seeing the plays, but they weren't always executing them uh, to perfection. So I, I, I liked what I saw from the Cats uh, Thursday night at Rep Arena. Yeah. So to answer that, the question about what the better exhibition was, I, I think you just point blank period for the folks that watch both games, you saw the difference that coaching makes. And I don't mean that as any disrespect to Kentucky State's coach, but. They played that game as if they were playing, I think, just any old average team in their conference. And actually, we talked about this after on on Monday that like Western Missouri, Western State. Yeah, I get their name mixed up, but we all we all know what I'm trying to say. Missouri, Western State, they're probably not going to get any any bonus points from Calipari because all they did was just pack it in, make Kentucky just shoot pretty much everything from the perimeter and didn't really play their style. They they were chewing up shot clock when they were they were trying to limit UK possessions, chew up the clock. They were trying to win and that was John, you know, John Hood again I, I mentioned that interview he did. He did an interview and he said it was a business trip and they're not going to get caught up in any of that stuff cuz they're going to be playing to win and they're going to be doing stuff to want to win the game. And they did that. They they played to try to win the game. 
Now they ended up losing by 18, should have been more, but they they played a style that they're probably not going to play when they get into their season or their conference or whatever. Kentucky State played more of their natural style, and it got them in trouble because Kentucky is fast. They're better in transition. They'll, they'll, they'll force more turnovers and force more mistakes. Uh, Kentucky State did not try to limit possessions. That first, the, the fir- Their first possession, they had the ball for about three seconds before that dude threw up the three, and it went in, uh, and it was a, it was a sharp-looking play. But I don't know which one. I don't know which one's better. Uh, but you did see the difference in coaching and Missouri Western State. They coached every single possession. You could tell that they actually had like a pretty detailed scouting report on Kentucky. They were yelling pretty much every possession, like where people were going to be going. So you saw the difference in coaching there. So maybe you make the case that 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 was the better game for UK. But I, I do think just seeing the offense hum was was good for the Cats. Um, some dudes probably getting more minutes than they're going to get when UK gets to being healthy, which we will get to that here momentarily because that is certainly a radio conversation that we need to be having today. But I, I think that's good for everybody's confidence. And, Roush, you mentioned the Case and Wallace shot. That's why I was so high on him on Monday's show and uh, or Tuesday whenever we got around to talking about it. But that's going to be that – is, that is so – dangerous for an offense where he can just either come over top of a screen like that or even just start the possession walking the ball up the court realize that his defender sagging off too far bang bang I love his he and he doesn't hesitate he just he lets it rip almost immediately I love that shot for him and he's only going to be more consistent with it he'll have games where he'll probably hit five of those and he's just on fire and he's UK's leading scorer and then he'll have some off nights from it where it's just not maybe on the road he's just it's it's not his night so uh, hopefully he'll elect to pass maybe a little bit more for those games but I love that he is capable of doing that um it's you know Ty Ty couldn't do that he or not not just with the ball in his hands he would try to get more to the elbow and and do that pull up. So the fact that Casey yeah. can do it from a little bit deeper out, it's only going to stretch the floor more. That's a big deal for UK's offense. And again, we don't know how long Severe is going to be going out, and maybe this could be a good segue uh, to getting to Calipari's comments. But I think the more Case and Wallace with the ball in his hands ain't a bad thing. And if that means also Antonio Reeves more with the ball in his hand, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either. I love I, I like Severe Wheeler. You know, he's a good player um, and he can do a lot for this team and he's a good defender. You don't lead the country and assist two years in a row if you're not doing something right. But we talked about it. We talked about UK sealing what it needs from its point guard position. Maybe it's severe. I'm willing to find out in March, but I'd, I'm, I'd be really happy with a as good as possible case in Wallace because I think that dude's a, a top 10 pick if he can kind of reach his, his collegiate ceiling, I should say. I don't want to say his overall ceiling as a player because those are many, many years down the road most likely, but that, he, he's going to be a special player this year. And again, Wheeler being out, more opportunity for him. That's not a bad thing. No, no, not a bad thing. Uh, one more thing I'd like to add, and I know it's it's exhibition. You're bigger than these opponents, but it is nice to have just so much length defensively. And a lot of these guys, like I don't know how much Inyenso and Diero is going to play whenever they are healthy, but at worst, when you throw those guys in, you can play aggressively defensively, and that can turn into easy buckets. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just some of the uh, – some of the closeouts, I'm like, oh, that was a bad closeout. But it's like, wait, 
they can close out hard. And if they get driven by, you got Ugana, Thierro, Toppin in the lane. Like those guys, like good luck. You know, it, it just that kind of safety blanket that, that that's been something that I feel like has been missing Kentucky's team, particularly in the interior. Uh, for the last few years is Nick Richards with the best shot blocker Kentucky's had in the last five. Right. So it, it feels, it feels good just to have some of that length back uh, on the defensive end. Yeah. Gosh, there, there, there so much, so many takeaways from just an exhibition game, but it was a lot of fun. You got is going to be Onyenza. Onyenzo is going to be a player someday. I, it, yeah, I, I would yeah. get, I, I would guess next year. And, you know, you, you still see some, some, some major flaws. He'll have some butterfingers. I think somebody on the text line is going to bring it up. Uh, he just needs to start dunking some stuff, realize how big and dominant he is and how big and dominant he, he can be. But gosh, it's like, you can't, you can't teach that size. Well, um, and, and, and his setups are good, right? Like he's good at like fundamentally getting to where he needs to be to do his pose move. But then he just kind of like falls apart when he goes up for the hook shot or something, right? Like he's not, he yeah. doesn't have that touchdown. And going away from the basket too much um, is an issue for him. He needs to start going towards it. He'll get, they'll figure all that stuff out. The, the, those every, are stuff that Post can easily pick up, right? Sure. It's just a matter of time, reps, dealing with body blows, right? Like, and and everybody needs to be confident that like there's no reason not to be confident that this dude's going to develop into a nice player. Be, like Nick Richards, I think is going to be all the evidence anybody's going to need for at least you know the next probably decade. That like, hey, and he Cal- was a lot better than Nick Richards. Ca- oh yeah, you know, <laughs> so night, much better night and day. But like, yeah, you can, Cal can turn some some big guys. He can turn some big guys. They'll get better in time. And you know, we we all thought Uganda wasn't going to get any minutes at all, but you're going to be surprised probably by how much this guy plays. <laughs> Well, especially, um, like you said, Calipari after the game, um, you know, when Oscar got his knee cleaned up, we were told he'd be back for the beginning of the season. And that's not going to be the case. Uh, Man, uh, I tweeted out that, Roush, I tweeted out that commentary from Cal in the pregame talking to Leach. I was listening to, to 840 before the game. And... That is a freaking lightning rod. I and, and it was all people that like don't. I shouldn't say it was all people, but it was a lot of people that don't follow me, and they were like just tweeting directly to me, like, "Yeah, it's because Cal's a lie and pos." Holy smokes! If you ever just want some interaction on social media, like I don't know, even if you're just probably like feeling lonely and you just want people to like reach out to you, just tweet something about Cal's injury conversations. He said, oh, you just said, no. I don't know. And people, <laughs> they lost it. And I'll say no. this, that like, I, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm right there with some folks that it, like, yes, I wish we could just shake like a crystal ball and know when everybody's going to be back. Um, one injuries sometimes don't work that way Two, Cal is just, he's messing with everybody. Like he's just, he's effing with folks. Like he's just, that's what he's, that's what he's doing. Um, I like it, one person replied and just said RIP. That, that amuses me. But like, it, it is what it is. But like, folks, we we can't ignore that Oscar was the one that was beating the I'll be playing the first game drum much more than Calipari ever was. You know, Calipari said nothing serious. He's not going to miss any significant time. Um, and I, I think he alluded to not missing any games at all. Although I don't know if he actually Agreed. said those words. But he certainly did allude to it, and he said no significant time. Um, 
we could pull up the exact tweet, but he, that he's was- never going to be definitive though. Um, yeah. Like he just, he just doesn't talk in absolutes. And even when he said that um, yesterday, like he doesn't ex- said he'd be stunned if he played Monday, somewhat surprised. Um, but also said the Oscar is not normal. If you want to play Monday, I probably wouldn't let him. He needs a few more days, but if he wants to play Friday, I'm going to have him work himself out and see if, you know, he's good to get 10, 15 minutes to get himself worked in, which here's the thing, TJ, like, yes, like let's, I like this plan. I like this plan for Oscar. Right. Um, you, you aren't desperate to get him back for Howard. Like that, that, these should be teams that you should be able to beat without Oscar Sheepway. Do I want him playing? Of course, I want him playing. But the, that plan that they laid out there—don't uh, go Monday and then play a couple minutes on Friday. That sounds like the I- ideal, uh, the ideal schedule, uh, especially after. Yeah, and uh, different sports, different strokes, different folks. But like Chris Rodriguez, even though he was back for Ole Miss, he wasn't same old Chris Rodriguez. He needed to get his legs back under mm-hmm. him. I think every athlete needs a little bit to get it back underneath him. So if that schedule works out uh, for Oscar next week, fine by me. Well, that was a conversation we had about C-Rod. Was, does he need a game to kind of shake off some of the rust, or will he be good to go? He was good to go, but I don't think a game to shake off the rust would have would have hurt. I think it, it would have only right, helped him. Right. And he would have been even better against Ole Miss. So I, I mm-hmm. think there's some truth to that. I just want Oscar to be healthy, and whenever that is, is whenever it's going to take. I, you know, the worst thing in the world would be for him to come back and then something happen, and and everybody say, well, you know, he was. They, they rushed him back, and if he would have just waited a little bit longer, it probably would have been okay. So that's the one thing you can't have happen. So it's going to take as long as it takes. One concern that I have. And I think just by you know reading between the lines with Calipari, it seems like maybe Friday you're going to at least see Oscar play a little bit, and it sounds like you'll see him maybe on the floor just for limited minutes. Um, give Michigan State more to prepare for, more to think about. Uh, but I, I even think Kentucky should be able to beat Michigan State without Oscar, and, and even without – I think the team that was out there last night should be able to beat Michigan State. Now, you wouldn't be able to really afford an off night from Kaysen or Reeves, but uh, assuming that they could get you enough, I, I still think you, you should beat them. But the thing that worries me is if you don't see him Friday, yeah, I think there's a chance that you could see him just start fresh against Michigan State, make a season debut, um, again, maybe in a limited role. I, I would. I also wouldn't be surprised if you sat him out. I worry if you don't see him on Friday – so, you know, not tonight, a week from tonight, then you could get in a situation where Cal looks at that Gonzaga game. And I know I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but just hang with me. But Cal looks at that Gonzaga game and says, well, this is a tough one to begin with. But, you know, nobody's really going to blame us at all for losing this one, especially if the National Player of the Year didn't play. And then if we were somehow upset them, holy smokes, what a win it would be. But we won't get penalized in the slightest if 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 you lose this game and Oscar doesn't play. Plus, it gets Oscar more time to relax, get ready, get prepared, rest, all those things that he may need or I guess potentially does need. So I'm worried if you don't see him Friday that Cal may think like, all right, well, do I want to throw him in to some of these tougher games? One, it gets us a built-in excuse if something goes wrong. And two, it gives him more time to get ready. I worry about that because I think he's done that in the past. Uh, that's still – in my mind, that game is much farther away than what it actually is. 
but that feels like enough time in my mind. That's more than enough time for Oscar Sheway to get healthy. So I'm just I'm playing optimist right now, um, but I do think it. It's funny that like throughout this entire conversation, it's all been about Oscar and with Wheeler. We're like, yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> I just uh, you know I think. I mean, Oscar was the national player of the year and averaged yeah. more rebounds per season than anybody has in, you know, a long time. Um, and there's not another – like, I, I I have a good amount of trust in Case and Wallace. Exactly. I, I think that's that's it. And, two, I think we just assume that Wheeler is going to be out for a little bit. Like, it doesn't – he seems less likely to come back immediately, but I also could be wrong about that. But, uh, anyways – all, all good things. I know people are frustrated by the injury stuff, but it's it's November. It's annoying. Don't let mm-hmm. it waste any more of your time. You know, like, why are you going to – if it does bug bug you, why are you going to let it bug you more? Just move on from it. You, you, they will play when they can. I, they both want to play probably more than you want them to play. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. They'll get out there. It's a big big season for both of them. Bofa? Mm-hmm. Both for these commercial breaks that we're about to take. Hour one is done. Hour two coming up next. We will get into the football talk. Uh, the Thornton's text line, you know, I, I, we got to start it. So Lucy, Lucy's worried. She agrees. She's worried just like I am. So we will go to our commercial break. We'll be back. Hour number two, Kentucky roll call. Lucy, can you say roll call? Can you say roll call? I'm on top of the world, eh? We'll get it. I'm on top of the world, eh? Waiting on this for a while now. Paying my dues to the dirt. I've been waiting to smile, eh? Been holding it in for a while, eh? Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker and Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. On your Friday morning, fun first hour talking... A lot of basketball, and this hour we will focus more on the football side of things and the Thornton's text line. Remember to pop into Thornton's and new Refreshing Rewards members. You're getting a free breakfast sandwich and a drink when you sign up to become a Refreshing Rewards member. Just download the app, follow the instructions, and bada-boom, bada-bing, breakfast is on Thornton's. Get your day started right with the Thornton's text line and Thornton's. All right, Roush, I feel horrible about the game tomorrow. Uh, matter of fact, just a little spoiler, we may just have to post our picks of the week on Facebook today. That would be a good way to make up time for the text line, um, TB, TBD. Um, but I, I oh boy, it's not going to – I I don't like the way I feel about it. Well, the good thing is, is nobody feels good about it, so – and we're usually wrong, and that so that there there is a reason to be optimistic. Yeah, um, we were all wrong about Tennessee collectively. <laughs> like that, that was easily, I think, the most wrong UK media has been. Uh, I don't think anybody saw it coming. I, I know some Tennessee folks that didn't see that coming. Like that, you know, even uh, a lot a lot of people surprised by by that one. Yeah, yeah, 
but it, it's mostly because of how bad the Tennessee or the Kentucky offense has been and how good the Missouri defense has been as of late. It's been so good. They just gave their defense coordinator a contract extension. Is their third or fourth court different defensive coordinator in four years? Uh, they finally hit on one. And this guy, um, they like Blake Baker so much. They, they gave him a contract extension yesterday. Maybe, maybe the money will get to his head, right? And then they'll stink tomorrow. That's a reason to be optimistic. Yeah, he's no longer hungry for that next big deal. Exactly. Yeah. So they're going to be bad. That's that's the line of thinking here. Love um, it. However, however, there's been a lot of like in theory when you when you match up the two units, Kentucky's offense is much better than the Missouri offense that the Kentucky defense will face. So like if you're looking for like a if we're rating offenses and defenses on a scale of one to ten, Missouri's defense is a uh, eight. The Kentucky offense is a uh, four. Uh, the Kentucky defense is a seven, and the Missouri offense is a one. Like their their offense is very bad. Um, so really, what's key here is to buck a trend that's really been troublesome this year, and that's score points early. Uh, Kentucky's only scored on two opening drives all year long. Those against group of five opponents. Scoring early lets you lean into Chris Rodriguez, and that's not entirely successful. That you still aren't too upset because you're limiting the possessions of the game. You're trying to get the hell out of there. So, really, if, if whoever scores first is going to have a, a lot going for him in this game, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, I just, I, I think part of what it is is the more in my brain that I prepare myself mentally for it to be awful the less I'll be disappointed on Saturday and the more likely I'll be surprised if the Kentucky offense goes out and play, plays well because they they have the talent there. It's just a matter of not playing sloppy football in opportune moments. Uh, just, just don't make the big, dumb, sloppy mistakes. And, hey, defense, maybe force a turnover, right? Like, it's been a while. Let's, let's get a timely turnover and let the offense get some easy, cheap points. I, I, I hope that... Uh that we all are wrong, but one thing for me, yeah, the, the offense, I have very little confidence in doing a lot of, of things. They're still due for a breakout performance. And I still don't really quite understand why, why they are not better. Like they, you know, why they don't put up more points. I, I turnovers are one thing, um, but it, it is really hard to kind of wrap my brain around why you see some drives that just look like bang, 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 this offense, this is the way we thought it was going to go. And then it just stalls or there's a missed field goal. And then UK is unable to move the ball the next three possessions. Um, I don't think this is going to be the defense to go against to get to have a get right game. Um, I think I think this offense <laughs> desperately does need a get right game. And maybe you find more of that in Vanderbilt. But even that probably isn't going to be uh, a walk in the park, although it will be a little bit easier. But. So I, I'm, I'm I'm worried, but another spot that I'm worried is just this defensive line doesn't get doesn't get a push. And yes, I I know that Missouri's offense isn't great, and UK's got the advantage there. Uh, that I, I I totally buy into what you're saying, but until this uh, defensive line not getting a push, it it almost at times negates how good of talent this defense has. Um, it puts the secondary in a tough spot. It puts the linebackers in a tougher spot. And it's just, I don't quite even understand it. It's not so much that they're getting pushed around, but it's just far too often that you're just not seeing them well, win the line. They're just not making, 
plays the like the 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 plays aspect of it right like uh you might force somebody from the pocket but they're not completing those plays they're not no they have had some nice tackles for a loss in the run game i think they have been pretty stout in that regard but you aren't getting those game-changing plays those havoc plays in general whether it be behind the line of scrimmage like the defense just doesn't hasn't produced many stats and uh you could kind of get away with that last year because your offense was better but right now um, they've been good, and you somehow need them to be better. Uh, that, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. I, uh, ready for them to have a big game. You're right, forced turnovers, and you don't think of that, that, that position to be the one to do it, although they certainly could. But uh, just collectively, a defense, make your offense doesn't do you any favors, but do, give your offense, do your offense from some favors. You do it in the way of limiting teams and scoring more times than not. Uh, Tennessee excluded in, in, in that, but not always their fault, as we talked about earlier in this week. But get it, put your offense in, in some good positions to score or just put up the points yourself for all we care. We're not picky about how, how the Cats get their points. So uh, th- this this just certainly feels like a turning point game for the season and even maybe to like the program. We haven't talked about it, but Co- uh, Keenum going to decommit and flip to Mississippi State is what all the experts are saying. Uh, he yeah, tagged Brandon Walker doing. in a tweet um, on going on an official visit to Mississippi State. It just it 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 feels like maybe to a lesser degree this has a little bit of like that Mississippi State game. What year was it? Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like where it's just like the the program was hanging in the balance. And that was more in terms of Stoops' job security. This one isn't in a job security standpoint, but it certainly seems like it in a momentum standpoint. Either Kentucky wins Saturday, and hey, this season can finish strong. This could be a good season for the Cats, a solid season for the Cats. Or you lose it, and it's then you're probably going to lose some commitments, and it's going to the classes and are all all that impressive as is. Things could spiral, so I, I hope they they can figure it out on Saturday because I feel like it's a really really important game, and the fans aren't excited about it partially because of the way last Saturday went down, partially because it's just not that sexy of a matchup. But it's a huge one. I mean, sheesh, it's a big one, as Scooter would say. But it really is. Like this is a lot is on the line on Saturday, and it's a team that doesn't particularly like you. Um, I, I know that they they treat this game like a really like she should's a big one not not to steal Scoot's line for a second time, so they better be ready. And if it's ugly, like you know, one thing that I can guarantee is if UK gets blown out in a similar fashion to what Tennessee did, then I can get like then the wheels are just off. And then I think the Louisville game bring, gets brought into question, which that is just absolutely not a sentence that should have ever been said for this year. But like if you if you were to get blown out, then it's really bad. A loss though is a, a, just a loss at any level is not going to be good. So this is well, really important for UK and Mark Stoops tomorrow. And, and you're not exaggerating because Kentucky has been consistently beating South Carolina and built Missouri on their ascension. Can you name the last time Kentucky lost to two of those teams in the same season? Uh, per probably like 2014 or was that the Bud Dupree game? That was the Bud Dupree game. Mark Stoops' first season, 2013. Oh, wowzers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't let that slip away. These have been a lot of close games, though, over the years, and Kentucky's been fortunate. 
Uh, this one is going to be another close one, another 50-50 type game where you need to make the plays down the stretch. You can't uh, have silly, sloppy mistakes, sloppy turnovers. And um, to do that, you got a chance to win. But uh, I I do like it, it's it's probably a good thing that there isn't as much panic around the program uh, that I'm sensing that that is happening around them, right? Like I, I feel like everybody else is much more worried about this game than the people actually that are playing in it, which is that that's a positive. So hopefully they can come out, play with some confidence, score early, and then kind of regain some of that momentum that Tennessee took away last week. Because for all intents and purposes, they they the only other time they got really punched in the mouth hard. They, they lose at Ole Miss, come home, South Carolina. You think things are going to get out of hand. They respond with one of their best performances against Mississippi State. So you're going to need a similar type effort, albeit this time on the road uh, at a pretty packed house uh, for a nooner in Columbia. I'll believe it when I see it about the packed house. But great point about that. You're right. They, they've been in, unfortunately, they've been in a, in a similar spot, and they did answer. Uh, that one was at home, though, and this one is on the road, like you mentioned. So uh, we we shall see. I am excited to watch them. They just need to remember that, like they're they're good, you know. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. you all, like you're you all are a good team. Just go go play, go play good. Do, do the tight end stuff again. It always seems like when the offense is humming, the tight ends are involved. Do the tight end and stuff. This should be a tight end game too, with the way they play. Man, Jordan Ding was more athletic than those linebackers. Let's go. Let's go. Just yeah. remember, you all are you all are good, and I think if you do that, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh let's get to this Thornton's text line, TJ five zero two four one four fourteen fifty, and start chipping away at it. Um, and uh, of course, we're going to get lots of leftovers yesterday. There was plenty of takes about the IARP. No scholarship loss. You're speaking out of your butt right now. Oh, uh, somebody! I think somebody was listening to the replay when we were guessing what it was going to be, and then it broke on the show. That's a hundred percent what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, at that point we were speaking out of our butts. That's normally yep. what we do. Big shot across my bow with this turn signal opening. I gotta say, I'm partially guilty of not using signals, but think I can defend my position. There's no defense. No. There is no zero defense. defense. And, and here's the other thing too. You should be a turn signal guy when you merge too, because what, yes. what what's it gonna hurt? Right? More like, so when you merge. Just yeah. anytime your your car is turning, just do it and i i know merging is not like a physical turn but you're you're moving you're switching lanes switching lanes that's more specific like because like i i mean i the amount of times that somebody just didn't use their uh turn signal and i have the enough they didn't have the awareness to look and see if i was coming yeah but i would have enough awareness to slow down if you had your turn signal on dude nearly ran me into i mean i was almost in the shoulder on 64 a couple weeks ago it was like what the hell we we can we don't want to shame just be better you know just, everybody just be better like just move on from it if you're if you're somebody that that doesn't use your turn signal that's you know all right learn from your lesson it, it, it's just so easy it really grinds my gears uh texter says so with dane key leaking stuff to ryan are we starting to get more concerned about brown and key leaving no no not yet no but a lot of football left to be played but you know, if they keep losing, people aren't going to be happy, and that's just that's a re- that's winning cures everything. So if you're not doing that, then you could you could start to see some friction, and that's something that UK doesn't want to have to deal with. But we can talk about that when that happens. Uh, another texture on the Thornton's text on says. 
Plus, who do we need to start a Twitter campaign against to get nil stuff going? Yeah, um, I don't know if we have enough time today to get in the nil conversation, but like we've been, just, we've I, been, I just don't know what. Uh, I yeah, I, I'm I'm really at a loss here because I think there's money there, but you need a little bit better organization and you need support from the top, and that's just not happening. Like it it it, it starts and stops with Mitch. A lot of this does. We've been we've been talking about this since like we found out nil was going to be a thing. This has all been stuff that has happened in the existence of Kentucky Roll Call. We're not the oldest radio show in the world, but we have we've been around the block now for a little bit. And this is all stuff like we before it was even a thing. Is Mitch gonna be on board with this? He's pretty old school. And then it starts to become a thing. Are we do do we have any idea if UK is prepared? We think they're saying the right things, but is the, is it actually happening in reality? And then eight months of nil. We haven't really heard anything about nil. What what is going on with that? Like we we have been talking about this, and it's yes, it's a major concern. We have no confidence in Mitch Barnhart leading this aspect of college athletics moving forward and it seems to be the biggest aspects it's like a huge you know it's there's different you can break it up into different parts but the nil is going to be the most significant uh he has been an amazing ad a lot of sports have been successful a lot have competed for national championships some have won national championships but he he doesn't seem too too excited about this this new this new world of college athletics that others seem to be embracing. And and that's, what's going to make the difference. Um, Again, we like to think Kentucky financially can kind of do whatever they, it wants and only a few, you know, not too many can kind of spend more, do more. But the reality is that's just not, that's not the truth. Kentucky, both coaches are fighting over facilities uh, we have the ugliest court in college basketball that they seemingly can't replace for whatever freaking reason. That's and, all I was talking about with my wife last night. Because she she had no idea what we were. What do you mean stickers? It's like just look, and she's like, "Oh, that is kind of yeah." <laughs> yeah, once you see it, it's you, it, you you can't take your eyes off of it. Anyways, um, we we could spend more time on that, but yeah, it's we we've been talking about it. Yo, gents, I may have missed it, but did you know that UT beat Gonzaga in an exhibition game by 19 points, scoring 99 total points last week? Also, as far as the Jay Butler and Casey Wallace comparison, I literally meant he looks like him on the court. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hand up. That one's, that, that one's on me. They run and move very similar. I think Wallace ends up being the best player on the team by the end of the year. Not such a hot take, but a little one. Yeah, I saw somebody say, like, is Wallace a better offensive Ashton Hagens? And it, it made me think, um, I, I think there are better comparisons. I, I, I'm not trying to be mean to Ashton Hagens. I think I was probably a bigger Ashton, Ashton Hagen fans than most, but like, Definitely I think in like me. Ashton Hagen's wildest dreams, he was Case and Wallace, you know, like Case and Wallace, I think is probably better everywhere. Like even defensively, the, which is where like Ash, like Case K- Wallace, I think is a special defender. That block dunk he had was awesome, um, and that was just nothing for him. But even just the way he pokes the ball, the way he knows how to, re- he's just really smart on the way he defends and and knows kind of the angles to take. He is a he's a special defender. So 
Um, he's a really good player. So I, I think the Ashton Hagen, he's just a different talent level than Hagen. So I don't, I don't know I, that I, comparison, but I, I, I at least see where that is. Uh, my, I, I don't like that whatsoever at all, but I do, if, if, if Kentucky, if Casey Wallace is Kentucky's best player and by the end of the year, then Kentucky's won a national championship. I'm, sign me up for that because you know you're you're going to get quality production from Oscar Shibway. Uh, if Toppin's their best player, that, that's the thing. Like I think Toppin's really good, but I don't know how consistently he's going to be able to score. Wallace can create his own offense, right? And in addition to being a distributor, I mean, like that that is uh, sign me up for that all day, all day. Yeah, I guess just to like play devil's advocate is that. Like we wouldn't know what the level of the best player is, though. Like, what if what if it is Toppin and he just is an absolute freak because he's doing it on both ends and can you know you know what I mean? Well, but that, that that's where I think Wallace, like, he is such a consistently just good. He, he's just a good at everything guard, and if he's your best player, that means he's putting up a ton of points and he's also distributing the ball well and getting other people. Uh, going offensively. Scooch, you, uh, you were unmuted. I, did you have something to, to add to the conversation? Uh, no, sorry. I've just been unmuted. Um, TJ, I wanted to quickly mention to you this, because this is a, this is big news in the city of Louisville. We talked about it earlier uh, this year that the the Hometown Hero banners are coming back to Louisville in 2023. They announced... Oh Who's getting new banners next fall? Have you have you seen this list? The uh, sales, the uh, sales, or the UK journalism school has given you one. Now go ahead. Post. No, no, no. That 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 is not the case. Uh, but there's some familiar names on here. John Asher. He's going to get a hometown hero banner. That's awesome. I like the, that. The late great John Asher. Uh, Justin Thomas. Say next Tiger. There you go. Mm, I think it. I think it should have gone to me or Terry Miners, but okay. You mean Chris? Uh, Mack. Wes Unsel is getting a, a hometown hero banner. Uh, one of the best rebounders to ever rebound in basketball. Uh, Jack Harlow is Jack Harlow too young to get a hometown hero banner? Many people were wondering. Yeah, I guess the like, you know, I guess, and you could say that about a lot of people on the list, and pretty much anybody that's alive. But uh, no, they're not. They're not too young. It just yeah. I think that's that's deserved. Um, where where is it going on Atherton? Where's it going? That that I don't know. They did not say. I'm curious where it will because I have a feeling there will be like teenagers who go to take selfies with it. Yeah, or like do TikToks around it or something. Um, the other two, uh, Lionel Hampton, a jazz musician that's passed, and David Jones, who found founded Humana. Um, but yeah, that's a pretty solid. That's a nice little comeback. Nice little comeback. Yeah, I love it. That's uh, one of the few cool things the city of Louisville does. Yeah. Uh, another texter on the Thornton's text line says, if we lose to the biggest dork on earth with most punchable face ever that I'm done with football for the year, I can't and won't accept losing to Dorkowitz. See, and that's the worst part is that that sentiment is going to be a common one. Not like I want to punch Eli in the face, but lose this game, then – you're not going to find a lot of energy or enthusiasm or attendance for much of the rest of the year. And that's after you started the year with, uh, you know, that they were technically all sellouts, right? Like the first five or six games, 
losing that momentum would be would be devastating. Um, when in reality, if you think it in hindsight, Kentucky wins this game, they're probably back in the top twenty-five, and you'd be spending you know nine of your first ten weeks of the season in the AP top twenty-five poll. It took November to get not, uh, the Cats knocked out of the top twenty-five. So, if you can get the train back on the tracks, then you're pretty pleased with where your program stands. A texter says, no working stream on Big X today. I think that maybe was for another show. Uh, another texter says, it's Kirby. Hey, Kirby. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful Roush was joking or baiting on Twitter. U of L should have fired Patino way before they did. If Cal had a $2 uh, scandal um, and cost us a banner. You say hooker. Yeah, I mean, that, okay. that's what they were. They were. I, I, I'd be wanting him to never associate with Kentucky ever again. Nothing is worth that embarrassment over your program forever. But Kirby, here's the thing. They had already made their deal with the devil and they were fine with it. So like at that point, why even you fought it for so long? Why give up the fight this late in the game? Man, a lot of, a lot of UL fans were acting like, I mean, I, I got, I understand like, Hey, nothing else to worry about, but to act like you all weren't, weren't punished. Well, you know, I, I had my UVL friend group, and I agreed with them. They were like, I, I wish we would have just gotten a two-year postseason ban the day all this stuff happened, and yes. that would have just been that. Like, that that was five years of hell. Right, and right. Again, I think I kind of don't think it should have been as hellish um, as it was. But, no, I, I mean, it was. They're not wrong that it was. I just don't think it had to have been that way. But, goodness gracious, it was, you, you know, they replaced everybody. Um it was attendance is just kind of ruined. It, it's, it hasn't, it hasn't been a good, a good stretch, but I, I think time serve was probably the right call. All things considered Patino's press conference was hilarious. By the way, if you didn't see it, um, he was just on cloud. He was just floating. He was so happy. Uh, <laughs> but of course he just talked about how like the ARRP's investigation was so professional and thorough has nothing to do with like, you know, they gave him the ruling he wanted to hear no bias at all. This one was just done the right way. Uh, had nothing to do with the fact that they, they gave him the ruling he wanted to hear, but in all seriousness, you know, it does, it does sound like the ARRP is kind of did things the right way, even though it took a long time. Um, Look like they did get it right, all things considered. I don't think any further punishments for UofL would have been totally warranted. I wouldn't have cared if they had them, but I think I think everything's fine. The one thing that uh, I thought Dan Wetzel made a good point, how bad did these dudes who ended up with jail time? Those guys ended up in jail for, like, their crimes were – for what they committed against the schools and yet the schools aren't being punished. Like how bad did those guys have to feel right now? Just, yeah. Yeah. yeah those, that whole thing was just a total waste of time. I'm sure a ton of uh, taxpayer resources, just mm-hmm. a, a total sham. And uh, a, now uh, for things that are like now totally legal, you know, not right, of it, right. right. Like it's, so that, you all, you that all were, press conference looked so ridiculous in hindsight. You all were the, about 10 years too late. You can make it in right. a case you guys were about five years too late. But people didn't even care about it really when it went on. The only the only interesting caveat was, hey, U of L was already in trouble. What are they going to do about it? And they ultimately said, like, we just don't really care about this, so we're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything about it. They're going to get some little 
not even slaps on the wrist, more like little pats on the behind. Uh, uh, let's go to our last break. We're, yeah, okay. we'll, we'll we'll just save the picks. We'll put them on the Facebook page or on the Twitter page. I'll tweet them out or something. Uh, we got okay. we, we got to we got to try to rip through this text line and the picks. We just won't have time for. And we, I mean, I suck anyways. I, so frustrated with same. That. All, right, all right, we'll be back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, TJ Walker, oh, Josh, oh. Justin K. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Okay, folks, the guy in front of you is Tommy. He'll be taking you through my little spiel here. Tommy is a Scorpio. He likes biking, and he's never been laid. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Welcome back. One final segment of the week for Kentucky Roll Call Friday edition. We appreciate you listening. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday, replay of the show 9 to 11. Search Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcasts, if you're a podcast listener. Roush, why don't you tell everybody about Salsaritas? Why don't you? Uh, it's a great day to get some Salsaritas because it's Friday. Ringing the weekend with some outstanding fresh salsa. Salsa so good, it's in their name. Pair it with that wildly addictive chips. So good. Um, whether you're hanging out watching the Breeders' Cup over the next two days, or going to have a little watch party for the cats and the tigers, get some of those uh, nachos, get some of that uh, Salsaritas cater, download the app before you go. You will not regret it. Load up on Salsaritas Bucks and visit them at one of their two locations. They got one in Middletown, one in St. Matthews. It's outstanding. It's the best. It's deliciously different. Salsaritas. Try it today. Love it. Great job. Yeah, Breeders' Cup. Do you want to take 30 seconds and just say, you know, to say your lock of the weekend? Um, I, I I regret to say that I'm going to be probably riding with Bob Baffert. It's his first big appearance since um, all the suspension stuff. So I have a feeling his horses will do well. Um, uh, Frank's Rockette, like Frank's Rockette, Philly Mare Sprint, and uh, who else? Blazing Sevens today. I think Blazing Sevens in the uh juvenile kind of kind of like that horse um so yeah there you have it oh and take grand motion horses on the turf they're like 15 to 1 you'll get a great price out of them if they come in and win well said i agree with all that scoots you 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 were saying that during the break i was yeah he just stole my pick so yeah and, and there's so many like the the prices on some of these horses are gonna be so crazy you know why, why not just throw some darts at the board yeah that's exactly what i said Exactly what I said. Scoot sounds like a great guy. He gave his family minimum triple what I would if I ever won the lottery. Wow. Not a, not a very generous guy, huh? <laughs> Scoot's very generous, very thoughtful. Uh, just like you, Texters, you all are thoughtful, too. Uh, there 100% needs to be an age limit where old people have to retake the driving test. The grandmas and grandpas of the world are putting themselves and others in danger when they're going 25 miles an hour. It's wild. 
I'm surprised that that hasn't happened for being being honest. But I'm sure uh, AARP lobby is preventing that from happening. So yeah, I mean, but it's needs to happen though. I wouldn't mind just every ten years, everybody just has to retake it. Just yeah, I wouldn't mind either. I w- oh, I think it'd keep yeah. more people off the road first off, which that wouldn't be a bad thing. Two, like it, it, you know, I'm not saying like you'd have to retake necessarily the driver test portion. Just like make them like make everybody retake like the rules of the road portion of driving, and then you know make it just more of like, hey, let's make sure you still remember the everybody. You know, a lot of jobs you have to do continuing education. Right. I think I think a decade's worth of continuing driving education for something as serious as not being an idiot on the road. I, I think that's worth it. I think we can. I think we can all we can all do that. The uh, the the other big problem too is that the people who would make this decision are also old geezers who would have to like our country's ran by a bunch of geriatrics. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like you know, how many of those people even drive themselves unless they're at their like vacation homes? You know, yeah, that's true. But seriously, get the geriatrics out of positions of power. What are you doing making decisions for me? Uh, is it New Hampshire? I think maybe they have a twenty-five-year-old that I think's running for the house. Huh. Good for him. Good it's a girl. It's it, did you say him? Oh. It's it's a it's a woman. I, well, I think I said wow. them and then him. Wow. So, which, man, was having, was, ha- was having this conversation with my wife the other day. Pronouns, the way people use them now, really going to make taking grammar even more difficult. Because, like, it's just, yeah. English grammar, hard enough. Yeah. Uh, Texter says. Holy Toledo. <laughs> Are we still this far behind on nil? How is UK media not making a bigger stink about this besides Matt complaining on Twitter? Uh, well, I, I do, but like you know, what what can what can people do? I think I think people are talking about it. I think people are. I think a lot of people are talking about it. Mitch doesn't talk to the media, and we don't really technically know who Mitch's bosses are. Uh, but some media members should talk to like the board of trustees to see what they think about the nil stuff. Well, and the the thing with nil in general is that there's not a person who's trying to lead up efforts that's being like there's not one person on the pro nil side that is like hammering Mitch Barnhart publicly that you can like go to, right? Like there's not some sort of nil entity that's really driving it all. It's really just sharing complaints from coaches. Yeah, um, but it's pretty clear uh, that. As this coaching carousel turns, Kentucky's lack of nil resources is is going. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Again, we don't I, we don't have a ton of time to get into it, but like even just and I, you know, we we talked we talked about it the class, the numbers, the needs, all that sort of stuff. But even just the class, like the fact that U of L is going to have a top twenty five or a top thirty recruiting class, uh, just even like a better recruiting class at all than Kentucky is pretty ridiculous, and it's all nil. It's all nil. I mean, it's one hundred and ten percent nil. Like again, I get it; they may need have some bigger needs, but it's because Adidas went all in. They've got the Clarkson connection, but again, pretty much all Adidas, and they made some big time financial promises to dudes. And again, like I get it. There's some schools. Tennessee is going all in. You know, there there are schools that are going all in with it. 
Louisville should not be one that outbids Kentucky, outpays Kentucky, has better mill deals than Kentucky. It's just not something that should happen. And here it is happening. So even that in its own right should be enough to kind of get people a little a little sense of urgency. Texter on the Thorns text line says, why is the entirety of UofL Twitter and their media trying to gaslight us regarding the banner? I don't understand the banner talk. We made that joke yesterday, but like they know that it's a different set of circumstances, right? I'm a big Ty Spalding guy. I I do. I I, I like him. Oh my gosh. I'm watching. There's highlights in the background of the Purdue exhibition game. Zach Eady just, he literally swatted a ball into the sixth row. You know, that's not just like a term of expression. Like it went six rows up, but he's he's so big. He I can't wait for the Purdue IU game. Scooch, you all may actually win one this year. Uh it's gonna be tough. Those should be two really good matchups. Although didn't you all win one like it last year and you rubbed it in my face? I don't recall that. No. No, you all you all got them once. Uh, maybe the maybe so. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. At home. Yeah. I remember that. Also, now anytime I'm watching basketball highlights and I watch the, I see the court. Um, it's, it's a, I just ever all of them are better than Kentucky's, all <laughs> Purdue included, and all of them have just like normal logos that don't have. Okay, anyways, uh, but anyways, Ty Spalding, I don't know if I, I don't know if he tweeted Jack or if he tweeted you. He tweeted somebody, and he was like, "It's more of like a feeling with the banner. It's not. Yeah, we get it. They're different scandals. It was like a very like meta response. Um, it's like they're different. Losers. You are putting this. You are making this such a, a mountain out of a molehill." They're they're different they're different scandals and his his reaction was like we didn't do it because we didn't want to get in more trouble before the hammer came down and now that like we're scot free let's just go middle fingers up to the NCAA they're not going to do anything about it which oh, then you know Josh Hurd do it like go ahead and do it but that was the not. weirdest that was the weirdest thing about this whole thing is Louisville basically got off with nothing but they almost act like they didn't get away with anything because they still don't have that stupid banner hanging up. But the banner had nothing to do, like, again. Exactly. Like, stop crying about it. Jeez, it's over. And Terry Miner's tweet was still weird. Yeah. Uh, it's just so weird. And you made the good point, though, yesterday, uh, TJ, that, oh, this isn't a big deal. We were there. We know what happens. And now they're making the biggest deal out of it. I know. they. That's what they like, are. It, who who cares? You oh, so we won't even have a banner in the arena. Big. Walk. I just I just opened Facebook and the first thing I said saw put put the banner back up. Like that's that's all that's all <laughs> anybody wants to talk about. It's 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 hilarious. Uh, but that being said, like great for U of L that they didn't get any further big time punishments. Like I think the point that some U of L fans miss is the the punishments would only maybe further keep the basketball program down but like in your all's brains if you all think Kentucky or fans are going to be so miserable that you all didn't get further punishments like Kentucky fans have won already because you all stink you all stink and the future doesn't look too much brighter I mean I I, I don't think you know next year can't certainly possibly have a worse roster than they have this season so I guess that's the good news nowhere to go but up but like in your all's brains that like oh yeah Kentucky fans thought it was going to be really something bad and now it's not and they're so sad they're so miserable why and just like a month and a half they're going to beat you all by 40 points on the court I don't think Kentucky fans are too 
worried that like U of L didn't get further punishments. I you you the your basketball program is in the cellar. Like it, you know, like I think Kentucky fans are going to be okay. And I, again, I I I think they got it right with U of L. I thought that they were going to do a postseason ban just because, hey, you guys are in trouble. We've got to do something a little bit serious just to show that if you're in trouble, you better mind your P's and Q's. Um, but they didn't, and I think that was the right call. They got rid of everybody. There's nobody in the program that was around when all this stuff was going on. So I I, I think they got it right. I'm not – you know, I don't care, so I won't say that I'm necessarily happy for U of L. Um, but I don't care. They got it right. So everybody can move on. But there was the, the reaction on social media was pretty intense. That's a program in the down in the dumps with the reaction like that. Uh, another texter joins us on the Thorns text on Salt Lake. Brian here, the Tom Leach audio feed being piped into ESPN plus feed. They should just do this every game as an alternative feed option on ESPN plus. And that, that was Preach, my thought Brian. too, is like, you don't have to phase out your regular broadcast but if you just make it an alt feed every time like give people that option they're going to use it and they're already paying for your subscription anyway so like why not just always have it available it makes total sense and i probably wouldn't do it for every game but i would do it for a lot of them uh especially on you know these like tuesday and november games right whenever you've got uh, sorry uh, to what's his name, Bob Morgan, Craig Morgan, John Mor- Joe Morgan, what whoever that kind of Mike Morgan. That's his Morgan name. And kind Morgan, of Morgan, and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan. No, no offense to him, but it's just not the same as listening to Legion Jack. And even though you, by the nature of radio, it takes longer to explain the action. I didn't feel feel like I was slowed down at all by the radio call being overlaid by the TV. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. I loved it. Uh, that was one thing, you know, like it's sometimes fun to play contrarian, even if it's unintentional, like with social media, everybody was raving about that broadcast and everybody was correct about it. It was, it, uh, when was the last time something was as universally loved as this was? I don't know. Maybe like, Ever. A half, maybe like a halftime super, super bowl show or something like that. I would like, I would, uh, whenever the firecrackers show up, I mean, Oh yeah. yeah. The firecrackers are pretty universal. That's a good one. Yeah, I don't know, but that that was like people were tweeting. It feels like I'm at the game. They were totally right. I, how much money per game would you pay for that feed? And it, it's exactly like that. They got to work on the scoreboard graphic. That was ridiculous. It looked like an on court logo. Hilarious joke I made on Twitter yesterday. Um, that yeah. was that was entirely too large. I did like the fact that it had us as number one. Because it's an exhibition game. We can be whatever ranking we are in our hearts. <laughs> I like It had us as the number one ranked team until what? Like the under 12 timeout, I think it was, before they switched it to number four. But no, keep it number one. We're number one. We're number one. <laughs> We're number one. That, w- that was really funny. Uh, but that was entirely too large. But besides that, the broadcast was amazing. I would pay $10 a game for that. I would not. I would, you know. That was such a pleasant experience. It was like it, it made no commercials, but like the sound pumped in. I think, but Kentucky- I feel like that is the the amount that you should like. You pay for if you pay for ESPN Plus. That's that should come with the service. I'm I'm cool with that too. Yeah, fine by me. Uh, that that was that was great. I think maybe UK's only concern is like, gosh, staying at home is already so great. Like if we give people the full Rupp Arena experience, now that you know nobody <laughs> will go true. to the game, um, but. Oh well, like you know, you still gotta be there. The, you can't beat the live experience. Nope, cannot 
Cannot beat it. It looked like folks were having a good time at Rupp Arena. They were. Uh, Our intern Jacob was there. Oh, lucky guy. He was yelling stuff during the national anthem. He was (laughs) wanting to stop oil, he said. Oh, man. I've never been the biggest Wheeler fan, so take this for what it's worth. I know he does certain things well, but man, Wallace and Reeves at the one and two is the instant baskets and a constant threat at all levels on the floor. I know, I know, it's just Kentucky State. But those are two bucket getters controlling the ball, and I like that you can't lay off them like Wheeler. I had a buddy text me, and he was like, I, do we make anything of 110 points without Wheeler and 60 points with Wheeler? No. I, I, I mean, I don't think you can put too much into it. They play totally different styles, so that's, I think, the bigger thing. But, like, there, there are, there's an audience that aren't that aren't overly high on Wheeler or Wheeler being the guy, and they're going to use that. They're going to put that feather in their cap. I can tell you that much. I just love. We're about to get just a barrage of people who love the broadcast. Yeah, this Tom Leach and Goose on the TV broadcast is awesome. They need to put them on like Lex eighteen or something for every game. Yeah, we agree. This broadcast is the best. I never want to hear the SEC people again. TJ and Scooch, what do you think about the challenge so far? Who's your favorite ride or die? Have a great weekend, guys. Go Cats. Shannon O'Bannon. Oh, Shannon O'Bannon, we love you. We just don't have the time to to do the challenge. Talk to. I haven't started watching yet, so that works out. I, I'm enjoying the season a lot. I, I mean, Fessy is just hooking up with everybody. I mean, any maybe and, I'll maybe I'll start it today. Any and everybody is likely to to hook up with Fessy. It's truly unreal. Um, so that's my takeaway so far. But we'll, ask us on like Wednesday when we're a little slower and we could get into a, a more. A texter says, "KRC, this is starting lineup swapping Oscar for how about Lance? It has the potential to be the closing lineup come March. Like what I'm seeing out of this group." That's yeah. a good point. Definitely, yeah, definitely taking out Lance there. I did like Lance's dunk, though. That was cool. Lance plays hard. Uh, again, he just has to be a better shooter, free throw shooter, jump shot, elbow shooter. He's just got to be better at this juncture of his college career. But he plays hard. There's there's no denying that. Onyenzo has promised, but somebody needs to teach him how to use the backboard or just tell him to dunk it on everybody's head. Yeah, he needs to be a little bit more physical and aggressive. That will come. He'll get there. Uh, another texture says it's not out of the realm of possibility that Wallace is the best perimeter defender in the country this season. I, I would be awesome. totally agree that that is a possibility. You know, I'd say the Vegas odds wouldn't suggest it happens, but I definitely think he will be in consideration when it's all said and done. Uh, texture says, Roush, you told me Coastal wasn't having a good year. I skipped one too, but we'll just get to that one first. Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't that great of a year, right? I know they, I think they won last night, but it wasn't the year that folks expected from them with a quarterback like Grayson McCall there. Oh, they're eight and one. Uh, well, I guess I'll take it back. They, <laughs> I thought they lost early, like badly. And so people just kind of wrote them off, but I guess I just haven't been paying close enough attention. Hey, just say, just say you're wrong. There's a material change in facts. Oh yeah, I was wrong. I was definitely wrong. The old, the old Lachlan McLean. He's not wrong. What it, what it was? I guess they um, did they. What what happened that made me lose my brains there? I don't know. It's weird. Yep, I was wrong. It hey, it happens, buddy. Uh, a texture says the absolute meltdown from some of our fans about Oscar missing two or three November games is embarrassing. Oh yeah, it's a it like gosh, they just like crawl out from under the bed and sofas and like. Anytime they just get a chance to 
to to bash on Cal in any capacity. Goodness gracious, they don't miss an opportunity. We all want Oscar to play. Oscar wants to play. Oscar, more than anybody else, was beating the drum that he was going to be ready for 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 game number one. So I do feel like if you're going to at least whine about Cal, you know, some of that's got to be directed at Oscar a little bit, right? But you're never going to do it with Oscar because he's too lovable and he's too good of a dude. Uh, but they will have no problem and will not hesitate to do it with Calipari. Uh, it's guys, he'll be back. Like you know, I don't think anybody's suggesting this is going to be a couple month thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one texter said, "I don't think improving the atmosphere at Rupp should be the head coach's responsibility." I mean, it is what it is. Like, unless you, what do you? What are you going to do unless you just give away free stuff? You don't even have beer, you know? Like, what what can you do? When it's a big game, Rupp Arena's rocking. I've been there for them. When it's a, it, it was Kentucky State exhibition game. Like, yeah. there's there there's nothing you can do to make that atmosphere better. And I was watching the game on TV. I enjoyed the tunes. I enjoyed getting to see some of the halftime show. Like, I was having fun. So I was enjoying my, my seat on my couch during the broadcast. For big games, Rupp Arena is the second best atmosphere in college basketball it just, for big games for big yeah. games. It's the second best atmosphere in college basketball. Now for non big games, it's just your run of the mill, good college basketball atmosphere. Like people overblow that in my opinion, but it is what it is. Calipari commented on yesterday. Texer, I agree with you. The coach's only responsibility is put a product out there that gets people excited more times than not. Cal does. So he he's doing his job. Wallace is Wallace. PG one. He's amazing. Point guard one. I think we all agree. Mm -hmm. Yep, I do too. So, to all the folks on the football side who threw a fit about Cal getting to cheer for the Cats this season, just wondering for a friend. Eh, yeah, they can. Yeah, every, people, people are emotional. They they lose their mind sometimes. Just just chill though. Everybody love everybody. God forbid we go six and six. But if we do, does Stoops get as much hate as Cal did last year? At the end of the year, it all falls on Stoops' shoulder. And that's one thing we don't have to do. We don't have to do the comparisons. I think Stoops will be if they go six and six, he's gonna get criticized. I mean, he's gonna get that don't don't you worry about yeah, that. That'll, that'll, there will be plenty. Yeah. So yes, the answer to your question is yes. So here's the thing, TJ. Is that ultimately going to happen? Because it, it would it would start Saturday. The, the deterioration would start Saturday. And as bad as I'm feeling, part of the reason why Kentucky looked so bad last week is just because Will Levis played his worst football game. I know he's banged up, but I think like Will Levis can still be Will Levis. And ultimately, that's why Kentucky is going to end up sneaking out with a very narrow, narrow win. Uh, a close one, close call at Missouri. I'm going to say 17... 16. They're going to Missouri's going to kick a bunch of field goals, have one touchdown, but the Cats are ultimately going to prevail. Last weekend took a lot out of me. I, I think UK is totally broken offensively. I I hope that they figure it out. I don't, you know, I know the offensive line has its struggles, but there's really no reason for it to be as bad as it is. But last week really took a lot of. Uh, I, I you know I hope to be wrong. I will gladly eat crow if I'm wrong, but I, I like Missouri to win somewhat comfortably, 28 to 10. Sadly, I, I think oh, we're. Wow. I think the conversation is going to be. I think we're going to. I think we're going to have some not so fun conversations on Monday. Let me wow. break the tie here. 27-17, cats. Scooter. 
my man. Uh, we'll do I mean, John. Twenty-eight Stack. to ten. Twenty-eight to ten would be the season's like over with now. Prepare like uh, that's who oh, I can't. Yeah, I, gotta, I mean, I've got a pretty horrible feeling about it. But hey, <laughs> good news is I had a solid feeling about the Tennessee game. So I've been I've been comically bad on just picking win losses for UK this year. Easily my worst record of all time in the history of my existence. We'll read this text. We'll get out of here. We we came up so short on the text line. It's embarrassing. Um, John here, good TGIF morning to all. By gosh, I was really happy with what I saw last night with this team. And, man, I really do enjoy CJ and how he's making decisions and knocking down shots. Okay, I do not like how Cal is talking about injuries on Oscar and Severe. He has says this type of stuff about players before, and that is not a good thing. Yeah, well, I feel like we've we've covered all that. It uh, looks like maybe we got time for one more. The idea and theory of KP doing good things is plausible, but we don't know if at all it will work out. Yeah. Well, uh, I think. you know, he can plant the seeds tonight. His first call-in show at Roosters. Why don't you go and say hi to him? Ooh, tonight. Every, yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody loves Roosters. Everybody, everybody have a great weekend. I really, really hope to be wrong on the game tomorrow. Uh, but the good news is we'll talk about it all one way or another on Monday. We'll get to preview the season opener for basketball. It's going to be a great, great time. Everybody have a good weekend. Be safe. This is Kentucky Roll Call and Big Exports Radio. TJ Wall.